Hello, hello. <clears throat> How's it going? Howie Spangler here. Uh, Tales from the Green Room, episode number 54. Um, how, how are you? How, how are you? Um, thanks so much for tuning in. Appreciate it. Hope all is well. Most of the country, not most of the country, I don't, I don't know what percentage of the country, but a healthy percentage of the country is experiencing a deep freeze right now. Um, and it's headed this way. And it's already like a wintry mix outside, outside my big glorious studio window here. Um, yeah, just like flurries and rain. It's just nasty out and it's effing cold. Uh, I'm going to try not to cuss, um, in this intro. Something new that I'm working on. Try not to cuss as much. Uh, I did cuss a lot in this episode, I think. I was talking to Brandon Hardesty from Bumpin' Uglies. And, you know, when we get together, just the two guys, you know, just the two guys together, just, you know, just being boys, you know, cursing like some sailors, right? Um, talked to Brandon today. Um, he's my first uh, repeat customer. Never had a, a guest come on more than once, and he's the first. So can't think of anybody else. Who I'd want to be my first, second guest. First, second guest. Right? Um, yeah, we talked about a bunch of things. He's got, they've, Uglies, they've got like a bunch of new new material coming out this year, over the course of the year. And um, I've, I've been producing their, their latest EP, which is sounding great. So we talked a lot about that and what it, what it is to be a producer. Um, working with a band and vice versa and um, just a bunch of things you know he's a dad now so that's cool we can vibe on that stuff now um, what's going on in my life uh, you ask thanks for asking um, so <clears throat> got one love next weekend in Long Beach it's gonna be fun that's a it's a big festival uh, at the Queen Mary and it's um, if you listen to any bands that we're associated with like in the genre like they're gonna be there pretty much um, so yeah just a big insane festival three days we're playing day one February 8th next Friday uh, <clears throat> so I have a dentist appointment next Tuesday so a week from today um, early morning I have a tiny little cavity you know and I thought my my teeth brushing regimen was um was good I thought it was on point I thought it was fire lit as the children say and it's fucking not ah there it was damn it damn it you see what did I just say like two minutes ago about not cussing oh man I need some incentive hot enough see that's what happens when I just let go I'm just I'm just me you know I'm just me um oh, so silly um so apparently uh, I suck at brushing my teeth look I went seven years seven full years this is like years ago this is like I don't know early 20s yeah I guess I was like 20 one or something like that um 
I went like seven years. No, what's what's 15, 22? Okay, yeah, so I was like 22. Uh, and I went finally went back to the dentist. And, you know, my mom would take care of all that stuff. My mom was always setting up the appointments, and then we would just go, right? Well, after my mom died, I didn't have anybody to make appointments for me anymore, right? And um, I wasn't uh, a responsible enough human being to set up my own dentist appointments at that point. So, um, missed seven years, 14 appointments. And I went in after seven years, no cavities, totally good, slamming, killed it, aced it. And, uh, yeah, and it was all because of the, how I would brush my teeth. I get in there, man. I get all up in them, all around the gums. I'm under the under the, the the top there. I get I flip. I hit the top, you know, the, the back molars there, because people don't think about that. You know, eat Oreo cookies all day long, and you know, that that gets all lodged up in your in your molars there. And you got to flip that toothbrush and go up and get all that stuff, right? And then in the back and the bottom, the sides, the tongue, all that stuff. And that's what I've been doing since I can remember. And so, like a year and a half ago, I go to the dentist. I'm going regularly again because I'm responsible. Psych, it's because Danielle makes the appointments for me. You see? I'm a damaged person. I need a woman to take care of me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she does that, for, and it's great. So I've been doing that. And so like a year and a half ago, I go, and they're like, oh, you got eight cavities, dude. I'm like, whoa, 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 really? That's insane. I do the same thing. I'm just, I brush my teeth, like I'm all over. I'm getting every spot, you know? Um, but it's just not good enough, apparently. I'm just not good enough. So um, I had all the, they were small. They were tiny ones. They were little, little tiny ones. And apparently I'm a grinder. No, I know I'm a grinder. They just, you know, reinforce it. Like, yeah, you're a grinder. Like you need to stop. With the grinding, because you go to sleep, you know, and you wake up, is your jaw sore? I'm like, yeah, it does. It is kind of sore. Like, yeah, because you've been grinding all night long. And I'll do it when I'm driving too, like when I'm thinking or like writing a song in my head or like thinking about what's next, you know? Like, I'll grind my teeth. It sucks. Um, so I got to get like a, they've been pressing me to get this uh, mouth guard to wear at night. And I've just been putting it off. It's like $500. It's not like $500. It is $500. Um, why do people say it's like when it's true? Like when it's when that's true. When something that's true, like Yeah, there was like there were like 20 people there. No, there were there were 20 people there. You don't have to say it was like 20 people. There were 20 people there. You know? Um So, yeah, it's $500 to get this thing and I'm like over it. So, I know I got to get it. I've just been putting it off. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, and apparently, like, it makes it worse when you get these little cavities, you grind down, and the cavities get bigger, you know. So, taking care of that. Um, hopefully, yeah, so Tuesday, I got to go. I got this other little one, and they're going to, yeah, patch it up, I guess. Other than that, they said my teeth look great. Just this little one popping up they, they want to catch. Um, so, after that long-winded story, leaving right after that to... To, to make the drive to California to get to the One Love Festival. We're playing at 3.15. I'm not sure what stage, if it's main stage or side stage. I'm not sure yet. Hopefully, should find out soon. Uh, then we're going to record for like four days. 
at uh, Pepper's studio. I hit up Yasad and I asked him if we could do it, uh, get in there. And there's nobody in the studio at the time, so they're going to let us record there. I don't know what we're going to record. We'll see. I kind of talk about it more in the episode you'll hear. Um, and then uh, the Expendables and Cashed Out uh, Winter Blackout Tour starts on the 13th in Petaluma. And then it's going to make its way around the uh, the country there. Uh, super stoked. It's going to be a great tour. Get tickets now at ValleyHeroX.com slash tour. Uh, thank you to everybody that's been like tuning in, subscribing to um, Song of the Day playlist at YouTube. It's been huge. It's insane. Like The growth has been like off the charts for me and uh, I really appreciate you all subscribing and liking and hitting the bell and all that stuff it, it really makes a difference and I'm, I've decided I'm just going to keep going I'm just going to do it it's January 30th no it's January 29th today you know that would mean I've got just a few songs left and um, I've decided I'm going to keep going the rest of the year that's the challenge I need to sing every day people if I don't my voice goes away and I need to stay on top that's how I pay my bills. That's how I make my living, you know? Um, and what better way than to throw some videos on YouTube and let you all check them out. Um, so thanks to everybody that's been following. Please go to uh, YouTube.com slash Howie Spangler and uh, subscribe, ring the bell. Leave comments. Let me know what you want to hear. Um, I'm eventually going to run out of songs that I've written, so I need to learn covers. Um, so there's that. Uh, yeah. Appreciate it. Um, okay, so without further ado... Um, Brandon Hardesty returns. Here we go. Hello. Hey, I fucked this up. Call, call me right back if you can. <laughs> okay. Yo. Hello. Hey there. I uh, I answered with my, my computer accidentally because I just saw the, the FaceTime thing. Uh, what am I going to do with you? I don't know, man. I, I'm just learning how these computer things work, and it's honestly a bit overwhelming. Well, I think you're going to love it. It's a great time to be alive. <laughs> Excited to just throw out all these uh, MapQuest directions. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You know, you got to stock up on paper and ink cartridges and staples, you know. <laughs> Did you guys, um, you guys were touring before smartphones were a thing, right? So did you ever do like the, did you ever have like the binders of, of directions? Yeah, man. MapQuest, dude. Had a big yeah. stack, big stack of like, you know, um, directions for every, every show, every day. It's like six weeks. I think, of, I think about that all the time because like I started touring the same year that I got my first iPhone. So like, it was just always just Google Maps, you know. You never know the pain. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> it was it was crazy, man. It was like, yeah, like you, I, it's hard to even imagine a world without iPhones. Like we uh, we started touring a year before it came out, so mm-hmm. you know when when I got it, I think I got it in, I think it wasn't until. Yeah, that fall, actually. It came out in the summer, and I got it that fall, and uh, of 07. And I was I, ju- I was just, like, in heaven, you know, like techie geek heaven. And the yeah. thought that you could just look at Google Maps 
it, it was wild. They didn't have it was they didn't have GPS yet. Like um, it wasn't until I think the uh, the 3G, the next model, that you could actually like see yourself cruising around a little dot. I remember, I right. remember like driving around like a coming off like an exit ramp and like l- holding the phone. You know, obviously dangerous, but like holding the phone <laughs> and watching the little blue dot as it went around the curve and just being mesmerized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just take it for granted now. Yeah, man, it's it's incredible. And then we use all that technology and we play fucking Angry Birds or fucking <laughs> castle games or some shit. <laughs> totally. I mean, people are getting laid with this thing now. Yeah. Dude, that's some, that's another thing I, I think about all the time is like I, I started dating Sophia um, pretty much the, I think it was like right before Tinder became a thing. So like the whole like app, like like fuck a like find a friend to fuck on an app thing to me is just like insane. <laughs> is that is that the title? <laughs> that's yeah, that's my I'm working on an app myself. And that's the <laughs> that's the, the prototype. Find, name. <laughs> find a friend to fuck on the internet. <laughs> Sponsored by the group and everything. But yeah, like the whole that whole like thing to me is just like crazy and, and it's i mean it makes sense totally but it's just like call me old-fashioned but you know i you know i would just get drunk at a bar <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah that was that was the way to do it um that's fucking hilarious yeah it's it's the way of the world now it's shit's insane the, the yeah. crew guys the single crew guys you know in our our group like They'll be over there swiping left and right on Tinder all mm-hmm. tour. It's just wild, man. Yeah, there's like a there's a subreddit. Like so I, I, I use Reddit a lot just to kill time. Like especially on the road. And there's a uh, a Reddit, like a subreddit for Tinder. And it's like the there's like a running joke. It like um in the subreddit, like there's only two rules for Tinder. And the first rule is don't be unattractive. <laughs> And then the second rule is like C rule one. <laughs> That's pretty much it. It's all you need. Yeah. So I imagine, yeah, I mean, you got some good looking crew guys. So I imagine they, they have a, a a relatively successful time using it. Yeah, these, there's a there's a harem across the nation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's going on, man? What are you doing? Well, I uh, I just had this morning. We had the the one month checkup for our son, which is cool. Little Augie, little Augie's is gaining weight. Good. Yeah, which is yeah, it's exciting. And then uh, came home, made some breakfast, then had a, a spontaneous text message from you for the interview, and now I'm just drinking coffee. Cool. Talking to my talking to my producer. Awesome, yeah, producer. Fuck yeah, man. I love having that title now. I feel like I've earned it. I've, I've done uh, several records, and it feels nice. I'm comfortable with it. Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, you, I mean, you know, I feel like there's a lot of people that like, especially in the music industry, that like throw around titles and just bullshit like labels just to like inflate their own importance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you are not one of those people. You definitely have the <laughs> skill set. To, so, but the whole point of that was, yeah, you totally earned the, the title of, of producer. 
magician of, of music. I run around like, what's up? I'm a record producer. Get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> Howard Spangler here. I'm a, I'm a big deal. People know yeah. me. I make records. I definitely, yeah. <laughs> I definitely don't do that, but. No, you know, you know the type. Though. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I know the type. Yeah. What's that thing from uh, that Saturday Night Light Live skit with um, Christopher Walken into the Need More Cowbell oh thing? Oh, my God. Yeah. He's like, the best. I can't remember the name that Christopher Walken's character. He's like, I wake up, I put on my, my, my pants one leg at a time, but then I make gold records. Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> Bruce Dickinson, yeah. I'm Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> Isn't that the isn't that name the name of the singer from Iron Maiden too? Uh, I yeah yeah is it? Yeah, I think you might be right. Oh, it's fucking it's you know all the pieces are coming together. Yeah, this isn't a coincidence. Jet fuel doesn't melt steel. <laughs> <laughs> the SNL conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great sketch. Um, yeah, that that's the. Uh, I don't know. I like when I get on the on the job. When I get on the job, I like to. Uh, I don't know. I wear the hat. You know. Um, I just try to get in there. I think. I think the most important thing, uh, from what I've learned from, I've learned tricks from like some really sick producers. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like I take away something every time, and uh, it's been a pleasure to work with some of these people. I mean. Um, I've worked with John Feldman, who everybody knows his work. He's insane. Blink-182, Goldfinger, Good Charlotte. I mean, you name it. Um, uh, Matt Wallace produced that, that first Maroon 5 record that I love, Songs About Jane. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Leary, who worked on the Sublime self-titled record. You just learn things from these guys that they've been around a while, and um, you pay attention. And uh, For me... It's all about serving the, the vision of the artist. Are you making coffee right now? I am. Can you hear my Keurig? Hear <laughs> Sorry. I'm telling a story. I'm totally listening too, man. I'm captivated, man. Um, okay, I'm talking. I'm talking. <laughs> um, no, uh, so it's... Uh, uh, you messed me up, man. The hell was I, where no, was I going okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna remind you where you're at. You, you're talking about serving the artist. Ah, see, what they, what they this say. is where you're, you're really great at this. Anybody that's ever talked to Brandon after the show, you, you, uh, you listen intently. You, you've always been that way. Yeah. You're very like you stare into my soul. And, <laughs> and you're, you're unpacking everything I say while I'm saying it in real time, at like uh, trying to understand my thought process and I just, it's just amazing. Um, you're really good at that. I'm really like, that's why I've been like this, this podcast has like been a challenge in a way for me. Cause like when I, when I talk to people in usual conversation, like it's hard for me to stay focused and it's not out of rudeness or anything like that. I just, I'm like squirrel, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, dude. No, honestly, I'm the same way, man. Like I, I get like, I, I have a really, really hard time making myself like care about anything <laughs> that I don't care about. <laughs> You know what I mean? It just happens to be that like every time, you know, like we're like in the same field and you're a few years ahead of me. So it's like, and I'm, I'm a sponge dude. Like that's how I've always you been. Are. Like if I'm trying to learn something and I think there's like a good source of information there, man, I try to fucking just absorb that yeah, shit. You, know? you do. I see it constantly. Um, so, so yeah, the, the, the thing is like, it's all about serving the vision of the artist. So like 
Um, I have my ideas. The artist has their ideas. Um, and I, like when I hear, when you send me a song, I'm like, all right, we're going to do this. And I'm like, okay. And I'll listen to it a few times. And then I'll start to kind of build this like end game in my head, like the end result, the, the final product, what it's going to be. And um, I will present you with those thoughts, you know. And uh, usually it works out. Usually it works out well. Like we seem to work together well. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's ultimately it's it's your song. It's your vision. It's your record, whatever. And um, I'm just there to help realize that. And really, like working with Bump and Uglies is like uh, you guys. You guys kind of know what you want to do. Um, and you, you have a pretty clear vision of where you're headed constantly. And I'm just there to like, help you like make the sounds you want to make. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, I'm not trying to force anything, but if I do hear something, I'm like, I really think we should try this. And you guys are like great about just giving it a shot, you know? Dude, that's why it's, it's, it's been a really good, um, it's just been a good experience for me. And honestly, it's, it's like. Before we started working with you, I had just like a totally different um, philosophy on producers. I kind of saw it as like like a cop out, you know. And um, it's just it's been a really uh, awakening experience for me, just because it's been so positive. You know, like I thought, like I thought essentially, like I was not I was going to be taking like the uh, the passenger seat for my own shit. You know what I mean? Right. And it's it just hasn't been that at all. You know, it's it's more of like this like collaborative effort, you know, and it's, you're not like forcing any ideas down our throat, you know? Yeah. It's, you just bring cool shit to the table and then like, you know, then we, you know, we all decide what we want to do and it's, it's just been, it's been great. And I mean, consequently it just, the music is just continuing to get better and better and better. Well, you write good songs and that's, that makes the job way easier, you know, like it's really nice. I can come in. You, you're always, you always have a fully thought out song, like you, like I have a lot of things where when I write songs, I'll get so far and then I'm like stuck, you know? So that's what I'm calling. I'm calling Greg from cashed out or, you know, or whatever. Like we've always co-written together. Um, or I'll get with the band and like, help, let's figure this out, you know? But you're always like, yeah, you're always like pretty solid, like front to back. You've got this fully planned out. It's, there's only been a couple of times where um, we've drastically changed an arrangement that you've come to me with uh one of them was city by the bay and then yeah yeah and that ended up like really making that song too yeah i i mean i get i get lazy sometimes with actually not as much anymore but there was a period of a few years where i just like got really lazy with my um with just the musical side of it you know like i would kind of use the same old like strumming patterns and the same old progressions just whatever um i've, I've been doing a better job of forcing myself out of that. But I mean, consequently, that's like, it's all tied in with this, where I would say that, um, you know, like that's, that's one of your biggest strengths with like working with us, just your, your just knowledge of, of music in general, you know, especially like, you know, like on the vocal side of it and then the guitar tones and all just the crazy tones and stuff. That's just never anything I really thought about until we started working together. And now it's like having a whole new palette of colors, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 important. I, th- I think it's important to work with um, to people that are like good in that respective area. Like um, 
when you say you felt like you're going to be like, you felt like it was a cop out or was like kind of like taking a, a passenger seat. Well, it's, it is quite the opposite. Um, when you're, you know, I mean, I, I've heard of pushy producers and I've heard of people that just, they'll, they'll get their way and that's it, you know, because they just know how the song's supposed to sound, you know? Um, and may, maybe that's for the better, or for the worse, I guess it, it's all the situations are different, but, um, I think, yeah, it depends on the artist, you know, like, it, yeah, like what they need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's some artists that I've seen in the past where it's like this, they need a lot of help, you know, um, that they're not a fully together thing and, um, they need some direction they need, or a lot of direction. And you guys aren't like that. You're, you're more like, you're like, uh, I'm like the bumpers at the bowling alley, you know, like, <laughs> that's yeah it's, that's a good way to right play. like you're you're the, this big fucking um handsome bowling ball and you're just rolling and then like whenever it feels like it's getting getting off the path i just bump you back into the you know just <laughs> staying on the on the path you know um and it's not to say that that i know what's best i just i just from experience um there are certain things you know like i i feel like for the most part i've been there to catch like weird takes or something that's not quite on time or like the the really kind of detailed kind of stuff and i think dude absolutely that's really important you know i mean from my perspective like you know like the things that i i just couldn't do even if i wanted to i i don't have i just don't have the ear for it is like when we're doing drums for starters you have like a really good ear for um just when shit gets like too busy or if it just something's like a little weird, you know what I mean? You'll hear it in the moment. Whereas I would hear it like if, if I heard it at all, I would hear it like, like when we're mixing the record, like, <laughs> like a million years later when it's too late to change anything. So like, there's like a huge value in that being able to just really get a good job. Cause I mean, the drums are like the foundation of the whole record. You know what I mean? You need like solid drums. Yeah. And TJ's a killer player, man. Oh, he absolutely he is. But off. it's just like, I mean, Oh my God, he's incredible. But I mean, it's, it's just like anything else where it's like, you know, you kill it the whole time. Then there's one thing that's weird and then you, you hyper-focus on the one thing, you know? Right. You, so like, that's, that's why it's dope to have someone that can hear that and catch it in the moment and then you just fix it instead of fucking living with it. Yeah. And th- that, the thing is too, like the other good thing about a producer in the room is that the band should be just focusing on getting through the song, you know, just getting yeah. it done. And then you let the other person or people or whatever, uh, listen for those things you know to hey you you fucked up here on you know bar 42 or whatever it was and um you fix it you know and uh your your end product is just and this goes with anything this isn't just recording this is fucking anything like if, if you if you have attention to detail and you really address and make sure that you know you you fix you fix the things in in the moment the end product is going to be so much better. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so working on working on your new uh, your new thing right now. We got what? It's yeah, seven man. songs, right? Seven. Yeah. yeah, seven songs. Yeah. So um, the process this time has been um, really a lot smoother um, than the last <laughs> time. Oh, it's so funny, dude. I've, I've joked with you about this before, but like. I've had you in my house and when I had you in the mattress fort <laughs> and the yeah. blankets and stuff. And, and it, it sounded, it sounded great. It was awesome. But like, I, I remember it, like having you sit there for probably like 40 minutes while I'm trying to figure something out. And it's the simplest thing. 
like the simplest little thing like i just didn't understand pro tools as much as i do now <laughs> and, and this is like two years ago you know and so like yeah man it's just funny like um this time just i felt it was a lot smoother and you know and the, oh dude it was it was way smoother and i mean it, it sonically the record just sounds so much better you know? yeah it does it, it really sounds worlds worlds better than beast from the east even though i think that record sounds good it's like now it's like i mean and but that's the goal right the goal is to yeah. it's always sound better than your last stuff Dude, I love it too, man, because it's like, it's all still like in-house, relatively speaking. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We're not going anywhere crazy. Like, you know, we're doing it at the same studio we've always done it at. You know, we, we brought you into the mix, but like at this point, I can consider you a pretty indispensable member of that team. But like it, it, at, at the end of the day, it's all still like, you know, we're doing it in Annapolis or we're doing it in your house in, in Bel Air, you know, and it's like. I don't know. It's just like, for me, it's cool instead of like, you know, like it's awesome when, when bands like have the budget to go like to some crazy studio and work with whoever, you know, and spend like millions or fucking like tens of thousands of dollars, you know, but like, I, I don't know. I mean, like I, I get a, a certain sense of pride. Maybe it's just because we've always been like this like DIY band that like everything is self-funded and self-done, you know, like I like the idea of having our, our studio shit be like is you know, as, as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's as humble as possible, it's you know? humble. but still like sounding, it's still sounding awesome. You, yeah. you don't want to compromise the music, but like, I don't want to have like, I don't want to have the Mercedes if the, if the Volvo can take care of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the, uh, you know, when, when the band and the team around the band and when everybody individually is good at what they do, you know, it sort of just lends itself you know, to just the best experience. And, um, I, I mean, we did, we did two days at Ryan's. We, you know, TJ killed all the drums in like a day and a quarter, you know, and then we spent the rest yeah. of the time getting bass. And then I think we did like all the rest of the core band stuff here with the vocals and then what, so <clears throat> you got strings on this thing and they sound great. Um, wh who, who's the guy that you went to again? He's this dude out of, out of Nashville. And I honestly, I don't even remember his name. I have him in my phone as strings. I want to say his name is Ben or something <laughs> like I have his name somewhere, but like, he's just this dude in Nashville that I got turned on to. And he, um, he's like, he plays, um, the violin, the viola, the cello, and the bass. So he has all four instruments. So to me, just like off the jump, that was like weird because like I always thought, you know, if you played violin, like that's what you fucking did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, but I guess that's more in like like an orchestral um, context. You know, I guess like if you're casually, play, you know, you, you, I'm sure there's like a, a lot of room between playing at a concert level and then like recording professionally, right, you know. Right. But um, so, yeah, he, pl he plays all the parts himself. He arranges them and he records them. Um, it's like a one-stop shop for, for like dope string arrangements. <laughs> yeah, dude, it sounds awesome. Like all the you listen through the track and it's just like, damn, <laughs> like it just sounds legit as fuck, you know. Um, I'm yeah. definitely getting his number from you for next time. Oh yeah, man. Like that's uh, that's just something I was wanted to do too, and we we never had the like, we just never had the right song, and then like the right connection. It just never, this kind of just, it just happened and it fell into place. Like the song just screamed for it. And then, 
this dude came around and it just it made sense, man. And it just sounds fucking awesome, man. Like I, I don't think it's something I would I would do on the regular, but like, you know, when when you have that song that just calls for it, you got to serve it. It's cool. And it's, it's yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's it's a uh, that I that is the other song that was um, pretty drastically changed from the original demo. Yeah, and that was all you, man. That was like you had you had some like you had two or three just like slamming ideas with that. Um, like for the start, it's it's like so it, it, the song is like piano driven, um, but we all kind of came in together as a band, and uh, you had the idea of just having the band just have it be like piano and vocals until pretty much the top of the second verse, which was pretty drastic. Like, like if, if you think about it, but like it ends up just adding this crazy dynamic and making it really pretty. And then on top of that, like, so that's how we recorded it. And then we add the strings to it and the strings kind of start coming in through the, the middle of the, the first verse. And it just, it just, it's fucking awesome. It makes it that much more, um, like epic, I guess, for lack of yeah, a better man. word. Anytime, anytime you can do any sort of slow build in that three or four minutes, um, when you can, when you can have a movement or two, you know, like different feel like almost operatic, like mini operas going on. Yeah. Like I'll take it, man. Like that. And that song, like the way it, the way it ended up being arranged, it was perfect. And the way that like, the way that it ends too, just like, it's so like, it's like sad, but it's it's like a it's a happy song, you know. But like, it just sounds so like it's so emotional. It's not sad. It's emotional. It's just dude, yeah. It's yeah. just like wow, and it just turned out so cool. That was funny how that was funny how that happened too, because that like so we like the ending for that was just it was way it was just we didn't really have an ending. Yeah. It was just like this abrupt like fart of an ending, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then you you had the idea of like repeating the last chorus again, and then Chad misunderstood you. And he repeated the last chorus with a different progression, and it sounded fucking awesome. Dude, yeah, it goes <laughs> to that minor chord, and instead of the 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 what is it um, what is that? I can't remember the the the, the first chord in the in the usual uh, verse or whatever. But yeah, he goes to a minor chord, and it was like, shit, this is great. This is great. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That I was yeah. like, dude, do that again. That's it right there. <laughs> it's like those happy accidents, you know. Fuck yeah, dude! Bob Ross with is just smiling down. Smiling. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, yeah, this is ours. That that's gonna be a. Um, I think uh, people are gonna love that track. You know, it's something so, really different from you guys as well. Not, yeah, not to get like totally sidetracked and talk about like studio shit, but like, I think actually we we had the idea the other day of um, we're gonna get Sophia into the studio to to sing those those harmonies. Whoa! Yeah. That's that's right, dude. I forgot she's a singer. Yeah, man, she's a really good singer, and I think that'll just add like, you know, my theory is is like we're just gonna try it, see how it sounds. You know, if it doesn't sound good, we don't use it. But if it sounds awesome, it's gonna add this whole fucking. I just crazy... got chills like thinking about it, like considering what the song's about and everything. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I'm stoked on it. Yeah, man. That's right. Yeah, I think like I think overall like the difference between this record. And the last record is really just the uh, the two biggest things for me is the fact that we use the real the real keys. Like I, for me, I can hear that like so loudly now when I listen to the mixes, like that, and then the vocal chain. Like I don't, I don't even know what the difference is, but like 
I was, I've been listening to mixes, just like, I don't know how you are, but like when I'm working on something, it's like all I do is just listen to mixes over, oh, <laughs> over yeah, and over yeah. again. That, yeah, so like, excessively. I've been, listening to, I've been listening to those, and then like in between that, like I have Beast from the East on my, on my phone, so like I got in my, my car, and like All in Stride came up, so I was listening to them back to back unintentionally, and it just, it's crazy how much clearer the new ones sound. I don't know what's different about it, but it's just... It's just the approach. It's, uh, you know, um, I mean, Ryan, it's been like two years since we recorded that record. So, I mean, engineers, producers, mixers, they're always learning no matter what, mm-hmm. you know. And Ryan may look back at that record and be like, oh, why did I do that? It's just in the same way you might be like, why did I sing it like that? Or why, did I pl- or why didn't I fix that guitar part? Like in your old shit. Like I'm the, I'm yeah. the same way, you know. And uh, I listen to old projects now, like old demos. Um, so I'm writing songs too for this new shit. And I'm listening to like pulling up old demos and I'm looking at the project. I'm like, oh my God, why did I do that? Like the, as far as like <laughs> the EQ or like compression or whatever it is. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you know, this stuff's like a year or two old. You're just always learning. And, um, you know, all that knowledge just goes into it, man. It just sounds, it, it's already sounding great. Like insane. Hey, so let me ask you, you, um, you produced Detonate, right? Yeah. So what was that like, um, back to what we were saying earlier with, um, for example, like when, when you, when you were tracking the drums, like, I, I don't know how you guys do it, but, um, I'm assuming it's something similar to us where like, you're kind of all playing where there's some kind of existing scratch track, you know, that Donald's playing to. Yeah. One of the techniques that, that we use a lot, um, I've done it with you guys and pretty much every artist that I work with, um, when it's time to get drums, like, uh, it's a good, one of the good things to do is the full band can run through the song once, um, all the way through. And, uh, and then everybody else can take a break because we've already got that stuff, you know, and you, you use it as reference. Um, and then, so what I would do is we'd run the track or I would create, like I had demos that I'd made at home like with scratch vocals and guitars already. So I would just load that in. And then if there was like parts that like, if it wasn't like a full song, I would just like copy and paste and sort of rearrange, sort of, sort of rearrange uh, a, basically like a skeleton of what the song's going to be. And then I would just go back to the control room and just we'd, you know, Donald would play to that and we would just go over it, you know? And I would just point out, oh, fix this part, fix that part or whatever, you know? You're able to, you're able to focus on it kind of with the same same like attention to detail that you are with with another project exactly yeah i I prefer it that way like um i'd rather kind of get the first take out of the way and then i go sit in the driver's seat and just you know um you know and donald's donald's a great fucking drummer um and there's not a whole lot of like coaching i have to do and it's just you know it's subtle timing things or you know you know, just the typical like weird stuff or, you know, we play to a click. We always play to a click. I, I, I don't like not playing to a click. Um, cause the band will get all over, get all over the place, you know? Um, and yeah. Donald has great meter for the most part, which is, um, you know, he's, we're human. And so, um, we play to the click and I just, if I hear something weird, like the snare is not hitting, it doesn't have to be perfectly, we're not, you know, a robot, but like, you know, if it's something glaringly obvious, I'll make him stop and fix it. You know, dude, I, I just, I love that record, man. It's so nice. like, like it's, I, I, I like the style, but like, like sonically, it's just so huge, man. It's so cool that, you, that you're able to do that, especially like following up girls where 
that's like such a huge record as well, you know, and, and you like worked with such big names to go from like doing a project like that to doing something totally self-produced and having it like be able to sit side by side, you know, it's just cool. Yeah. It's, uh, the, um, and again, it's a part of like the knowledge and just the experience and doing it every day and learning things and, and all the stuff that I learned from other producers and things like that. Um, and uh, again, working with the right engineer that knows what he's doing, he or she, um, and just really like kind of leaving it, leaving that stuff to the pros. Like I'm, a, like, I'm a pretty good engineer, but you know, I know Mike is sick and that's the reason we went down there to do it with him because he's really good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I let him steer. I just kind of like, he works controls, I'll fucking steer the ship. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, yeah, man. And uh, the, the way Girls was like, we went to this big studio, amazing studio, uh, Sonic Ranch. I mean, it was, I would love to go back there sometime and you definitely should go there at least once just to have the experience. We, we slept there. They, they actually, when we played in El Paso with, with Pacifier, the dude came out to the show and was like, yo, if you want to stay at the stay over here, and we didn't have anywhere to stay, so we're like, fuck yeah. Dude, that's <laughs> awesome. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. forgot about that. Um, yeah, but the place is amazing. And, and we had, you know, had the producer and had this great engineer and like, you know, it cost a lot of money. You know? And uh, yeah. so it was just like this record, I knew that um, the way it was coming out, like the demos and stuff and, and I. I just knew, like, these people that I respected as producers, um, these people I respected were telling me that, like, yeah, you're really good at this. Like, you, you could do this, you know? And I, was, I took that to heart. And I was like, you know what? I think I really could do this. And Detonate was like, like, I've always, you know, produced, pseudo-produced our records. I'm always right there, you know, making sure shit's on track. But this one was, like, my sort of, like, it was my swan song. Yeah, hell yeah, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was just, um, I wanted to put everything I knew down, and and we we did it so fast. It was like eight days at Mike's, and then I came home and did the vocals, and um, it, I don't know, it just turned out really great. And that for me, I don't see a reason to go back to like any studio or anything, you know? Dude, yeah. Why would you? I mean, it's just, unless like, I feel like like. You know, if you heard something that if there was something you really wanted to do that was outside of your skill set, yep. you know, and there was someone who could do that for you, then that would be a situation to to think about that. But if not, I mean, fuck it, man. Like, it, keep those costs down, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and I knew that that's why, again, why we why we got Mike. Um, yeah, go ahead. Um, that's why we got Mike was because I knew that, like, the, the sound of the record was it was reminding me of, like, the Daydreams era, which is a record that he engineered. And um, mm -hmm. I was like, dude, it would be rad if that stuff sounded like this. But like, I know he's going to make it sound bigger because he just he's just gotten better over the years. He was good when he was in his early 20s. And now he's like just slamming. Um, right. Really great engineer. And it's it's just all the pieces were there and, and it everything came together, man. It sounds awesome. So I'm, I'm really proud of it. That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, it's, it, it sounds great. Um, you're the first... Uh, you're the first repeat guest um, in the history nice. in the history of the show. It took 54 episodes to get a repeat guest. I, I love it, man. It's like uh, I'm one of the crazies on the Howard Stern show or something. Yeah, yeah. You call in and every now and then and tell your freaky stories. Yeah, everybody here in the studio is like really proud and happy. Um, Fuck yeah, man, dude. I, I just you know 
I want to thank I want to thank Draven for <laughs> fucking entertaining me during the vocal takes. I want to thank Halo for just probably being my biggest fan. She seems to be really excited every time I would come over. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they love you. They love you. Every time we listen to your songs in the car, like Halo's like that was Brandon. <laughs> but, yep. but I mean, yeah. Ultimately, we I, like just just people. We just need to strive to like I don't know build each other up instead of tearing people down. That's what it should be. And that's been our approach this, you know, for years. Like we, we never wanted to, I know bands that were like dicks to people and they're not around anymore, you know, and the other <laughs> bands are still around, you know? And, so now you're making coffee. Uh, I think I'm, no, what, what uh, you might be hearing my hard drive actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. that's my, yep. That's my hard drive. <laughs> it's loud. I can't wait to get an SSD for this thing, man. Um, yeah, I know I need to make coffee. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it just, it just shows that like, um, you need to, nobody likes an asshole, man. And like, if they feel belittled, you know, like when I meet bands that, that are like opening the show, like local support that I've never heard of, you know, they're like a small band or whatever. Um, when I meet the bands, you know, I'm like, Hey, what's up guys? Like, there's no, like. I don't, I'm not trying to big time anybody, you know? And, um, yeah. And who the fuck am I? And, uh, I don't know. That just goes a way longer way to, to be, to be nice. Dude. Yeah. I mean, and that you could like, you could just apply that to every, every situation, every situation in your life. Yeah. It's, um, when you, when you build a, um, you're building a rapport with someone, you're like this organic thing. And, um, you can, you'll, you'll ruin it, <laughs> you know, just, and people remember that. I think like the, the reason people get like that, like I, like speaking from experience, someone who does get like that and, or like not as much anymore. I'm, I really try to work on it, but I mean, I still feel like that, you know, I just, when it happens, I like, I can feel it. And I'm like, fuck no, I don't want to be that guy, you know, but like it all stems from like frustration over something else. You know what I mean? Like for me, I would get like you know, when we were first starting off and like touring and stuff, I would see like bands that I, you know, thought was like wet, like, like just didn't respect or whatever, you know what I mean? Weren't, weren't like doing what we were doing and they would get like really cool things and you're like, man, fuck those guys, you know? <laughs> right. And like, um, and it wasn't because like I disliked them or anything. It's just cause I was angry about what was going on with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I, I feel like just a lot of times, those feelings, you know, people like, especially like with the internet being what it is and being able to just like have a thought and put it out there without like looking in someone's face and saying it, you know what I mean? It allows people to kind of just like vent shit, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I remember like feeling that way, you know, I think, it, I mean, it, it comes, it, there's some kind of, some sort of jealousy or you know that it stems from and, and and frustration and all those kind of things mixed in you know and uh what i'm what i've learned and i'm trying to put into practice i mean like i'm always like trying to better myself like trying to be like a better better person the way i react to things and, you know sometimes i i would i would like knee-jerk reaction and flip out about something you know um yeah but, and then that, that still may happen but then i'll try to take a breather and like really think about, you know, what just happened or, or whatever it is. Um, and 
when it comes to like other bands getting things that you think you should be getting, right? Uh, there's like this, it's, it, it, it comes down to you. It's like they, whatever they did worked and whatever you're doing didn't work or hasn't worked yet, you know, or you haven't met the right person that can get you to this, this, this thing you're trying to do or whatever. It's, it's, it's all about putting in the work and just going harder. You know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's like you can be jealous and mad and, and pissed off and frustrated, but that doesn't get you anywhere. It's just, it's just, you stay in this fucking, this dark hole, you know? And, and again, this is just something that can go with anything in life, whatever you're trying to do. If you're, if you're pursuing something and it's not working out, um, you know, either you're not really that good at it or you just need, you need to make some changes, you know, and like, and like put yourself yeah. back on the path, you know? Yeah. I think like ultimately the thing that helped me a lot was just, um, just not like I came up with the philosophy that I'm just not, you know, like other people are going to do their things and I'm going to do my things and you can't compare, you can't compare your successes to other people's successes because it's just not, everyone has a different path to walk. So like really the thing that helped me, when I would get like that, I'm like, man, well, fuck, like, yeah, I'm not doing as well as they are, but like, what was I doing this time last year? Like, what was I doing this time last month? You know, mm-hmm. like, damn, I'm, I'm like way further than I was, you know, like I'm, I'm progressing. I'm doing cool shit. I'm like furthering my goals, you know? Yeah. You think of bands that would, <clears throat> you think of bands that would kill to do what you're doing, you know? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. When just you know, a few short years ago, you were, you were that band, you know, like, oh my God, I, I want to, I want to go on tour with Bally who's so bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. Like you, you know, when I, I remember wanting to be on Cali roots, you know, and we've done that several times now and we got another one coming up. Like just those, those, those events, those moments, it's like, I want to meet this person. And then you finally meet them, you know, or, because you put yourself on the, on the path to do it. You know, you set, set up the stepping tones. You, you've like, you've reverse engineered, you know, how to get there. You, you look yeah. at the steps. You're like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. Got to do this. And it's it just, and it, it, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But um, yeah, it, I do the same thing. I was like, God, I, I quit my job. Finally. Like I, I've been touring for, it'll be 13 years in April. Um, but I didn't quit my job until six years ago. And, uh, you know, I, being in a band and doing this whole thing is a full-time job. I just had two, like, full-time jobs, you know? And, yeah. and once I was able to let that job go, when, when, like, money was, a little more money was coming in and I felt comfortable enough to, like, I could pay some bills that way, it, it, it just became even more, even more so, you know? So instead of, instead of working, you know, eight hours a day, on the band, I'm working 16 hours a day on the band, you know, mm-hmm. and it just makes a big difference. And it just, it just goes to show. And I, I've been realizing this a lot lately is that, um, I, I've been, I started this band 24 years ago, nearly this summer. And it's like 24 years. It's taken 24 years for me to like get to a point where like, I'm not super comfortable. Like I, I'm paying bills and stuff. And, um, I'm living off of music for sure. 
um, I still got a few more years to go, I think, before I'm like, just like sick, you know, like this is great, you know, like I'm not, I'm not going to be rich or anything like that, but um, it's just taken that long and it just shows it, it, it takes a long time. And, and people, I've seen bands break up after just being together for a few years, you know, I heard this, I heard yeah. this band talk years ago. It was like their last show it was when Matt Davis was still doing uh, Noise in the Basement. And he used to have the bands come on on Sunday night and then he'd have the big show Monday night. And um, they come on the radio station and they talk and it's like, oh, it's your last show tomorrow night. What happened? And this band's like, well, we took it as far as we could take it. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? You never even went on tour. You never even left fucking Maryland. You know? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? And it's just, it's just a cop out, man. It's just like, you didn't work hard enough, dude. That's why your band wasn't successful. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's always something else to work on, you know? Yeah. It's like what you said, honestly. Like, yeah, like you're either not good enough or you're just, you haven't met the right person or whatever. You just aren't, you haven't thought of the right angle. But I mean, I, I, I think like even being like, you know, even if you're not good enough, you can work on that shit. Dude, like when I started doing this, I was awful. <laughs> <laughs> we all were, man. We all were. Yeah. <laughs> it's not to say that you can't get good at something if you, you know, but you're, yeah, you do something every day for 10 years, you're going to get good yeah, at it. Yeah, you have to do it, though. Like an idiot. You have to do it every day. You have to, like, make it your thing. Like, that's what you do every day, you know? And and if you don't, then you're not going to get good at it, and, you know, it's shit's going to reflect. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it has, to be, it has to be something you really, really want, and then you just devote yourself to it. Yeah. I was just, I always knew growing up that I, I didn't want to be a lemming. I didn't want to... Oh, for sure. I, yeah, I, like be in a fucking cookie cutter sandbox life. I, I just did not like, I feel like, you know, the whole thing is like, we're taught to like, you go to school and then you fucking get out of school and then you go do more school if you can afford it. And then if not, you go work some shit job, you know, until you die, you know, <laughs> you get married, yeah. you have kids, you do the thing, you, you, you have bills and you die. And, and for me, it was, that just wasn't the way. I'm, you know, I'm, I have a family. I'm, I went to community college for like two semesters and I was fucking over. I, I hated school to begin with. I, and then I was like, I only went to college to uh, make my grandmother happy. Yeah, it was the same thing for yeah. me. She was like, you gotta go to college. You gotta do something. This band is gonna go nowhere. You know, that kind of shit. You know, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, at the time I like, I was mad at her for that. You know, I, I could never be mad. I love my my mom she's the best but like um but you know what i'm saying like it was just you get frustrated with that shit you, you know you know you know that you don't want to do it but you go do it because you think okay i remember when i told her i'm gonna go to college my mom she's like oh my god thank lord jesus <laughs> <laughs> you know and uh she was happy you know and i went and i tell you man now she's like so proud she's like you guys are doing so good I never thought, you know, and it, it's just, you know, she proved me. Yeah, wrong. yeah, exactly. I mean, she's, she's, uh, she'll be 89 this year. Like she's just, she, all she ever wanted was the best for us. You know, she just wanted to make sure that we were safe. And I totally understand that, you know, but I, I yeah. knew from a young age that that's not what I wanted. I didn't want to do that. Like, um, this whole institution is built for us to just be worker bees. And I don't like that. It's Babylon, bro. <laughs> it's Babylon, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just knew that, like, that plenty, like, if you sit and you look at everything in your house right now, just look around and look at the stuff in your house, 
all of that, that one thing you're looking at right now started as an idea. Like someone had an idea and they fucking made it a thing, you know, and you bought it and they're rich. You know, it's like they've made their own career. They made their own life. They didn't, you know, maybe they did work a, a shit wait, uh, you know, waiter job or, you know, worked at fucking warehouses like I did. Like maybe they did that, but they made something from an idea and it just shows it's, to- it's totally possible to do that. You just have to have the drive and, and the work ethic to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's it all comes down to different strokes for different folks kind of thing. Like, because it takes a certain kind of person to 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 want to go out and blaze their own trail. And then there's the people who just want to, like, they want that um, the comfort of being, you know, like, for lack of a better word, like a drone. You know what I yeah. mean? No, there's there's no, like, I'm not putting that, that down at all. If, no, if for, you're, for sure. If you're happy, if you're 100% happy with your choices and what you're doing with your life then you've won. There's no, there's, there's, they don't even need to listen to this. You know what I mean? I'm not, I, I'm just, these are, this is more for the people that feel like they, they know they want to do something and they're just not happy with what they're doing, but they don't know how to go about doing it. I started this podcast, um, because I'd always, I'd wanted to do it for like probably a, a year, year and a half before I actually did it. But I didn't think anybody would want to hear me talk. And I'd think it'd just be stupid. Like, I'm awful in conversation to begin with. Why am I going to sit here and talk to myself? <laughs> you know? And yeah, yeah. are people going to, you know? And then when I, when I talk to people like you or whoever, people call in, um, I feel like an idiot when I talk, you know? But, like, it's, it's gotten, like, it's, it's like a thing now. Like, people expect they, they want to hear it every week. And it's so simple, you know? And anyone listening can do it right now. They can go and get this app and just do it. And... If they've got something to say, it just shows that you, if, if you feel like you want to do something and you're not happy with, with your situation, you can make something out of nothing. And it, you're going to have to work that job you're working for a while to pay the bills until you can flip it, you know, mm-hmm. but it just takes it takes a long time. You got to stay in. You got to be in it for the long game. And if if you're not into that and you just want to live the life you're living, that's totally fucking cool too. <laughs> you know, that's totally cool. This is just what I wanted to do, you know? Yeah. Well, and we're like fortunate too in, in the time that we grew up, like getting back to the internet, you know, like shit, if we, if we wanted to go this path, you know, like in the sixties or, or some shit, it would have just been a totally different ball game. You know, it's way more based around like luck and just, I guess like, just being undeniable you know what i mean where nowadays you can you can like it really if you want to do it you can just do it like the tools are right there at your fingertips you know? the, the fact that we all have distribution in our pockets all day long it's insane, it's insane. yeah it, yeah it's it you have a little television <laughs> every time I, I keep like I, i've like grown into the pacifier dudes like twice over the last few months and both times i've seen them it was after they had like a writing session so i, I just asked him, i was like yeah man I, like, I was asking nick kubley i was like I was like yeah like how's it going he's like man we wrote some hits gonna be on spotify tomorrow you know the <laughs> 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 first time he said it like i thought he was serious because it's like very much like a possibility you know he's just fucking with me yeah it's so true like oh, we're, we're gonna finish this episode and it's gonna be global in an hour you know like it's yeah. it's 
insane. Like to do to think of doing that, like it was crazy to do um to think about putting out a record in the nineties. I remember I remember uh getting the disc makers catalog when I was like fifteen and like fourteen or fifteen and like leafing through it and like it's like four thousand dollars to make an album, <laughs> like you know, to press a CD <laughs> back then, like you know, and it, it takes like three months to get it, and you know, um, all this stuff, and it, it was just, it's just so easy now, you know, in, in comparison, um, and the fact that some people don't realize that are, are just, it's just, it drives me crazy, <laughs> you know, like the, you yeah. know, a, a completely different time, and. Uh, yeah, the world really is at your fingertips, as they say. And um, yeah, I'm trying to like <laughs> trying to take over like every format, every medium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because fuck it, why, why not? Why you know? not? Yeah, um, I like making shit. You know, it's it's fun, and doing this show has been a lot of fun too. Fuck yeah, man! It's enjoyable for me to listen. Yeah, to. it's great. Um, <clears throat> so you guys just announced a tour, I saw. Yeah, man, heading heading back out to California, and. Um... Doing the Pacific Northwest again, which is going to be dope because we haven't been out there since 2017. Oh, that's great. They're going to love that. Yeah, man. I'm stoked to just like, it's like our first time like going out there and doing like a proper headlining tour with like all like ticketed venues and like proper promoters and all just, you know, like doing it the right way. So like get out there and get some numbers and hopefully start getting on these West Coast festivals. You yeah, know? man. You got some good, uh, some good rooms on there too. Yeah, man, it's all like it's all the spots we need to be, which is cool. Yeah, you've um, you've like tunneled your way into the into the, like the the main vein there, you know. Like, there's so many like you when you're first starting out, man. Like when you first start touring, you're playing like shit bars that no one's ever heard of, and like you, you know, you want you you basically start at the bottom and you, you make your way to the popular places in those towns eventually yeah and it's like mm-hmm. now you're sort of like you've made your way into that mainstream in in like all the uh, like all the bands that you know we always tour with and stuff that are playing a lot of those rooms that you're playing and it's just uh it's nice to see fuck yeah man i'm stoked to have a. we're doing the the voodoo room in san diego which is like the tiny room at house of blues but it's like the only room in the market that's all ages as far as i can tell because we like we went through like a million other rooms trying to find like an all ages room and just nowhere in San Diego would do all ages shit. So like ever since we've been going to San Diego, we've never been able to have like people under 18 come into the show, you know? Yeah, you're right. Have you, did you try the music box? I don't know if we talked to them. Yeah. That, uh, I can't remember if that was all ages or not, but um, that was a really cool room. You should check that out at some point. And belly up isn't, uh, is that 18 plus as well? Well, that's way too big for us. Like we need the, um, somewhere that's like under 300 gotcha. you know? yeah yeah for sure self-awareness is key um yeah i mean if we what is belly up like like 700 or something something like that i think we put like 250 in there one night and it was a, it was a rad show it was fun yeah we played that with y'all yeah that's right oh yeah it's when our trailer got fucked up and we we're all frustrated <laughs> when we got there I, I think yeah you guys bought the trailer that day yeah. like you you went you rolled up with the shitty trailer after it like destroyed the second axle in, a, in, in like two weeks and you just said fuck it and you sold it like or you, you gave it to them on consignment I believe and then yep just bought a new trailer on the spot and I was just I remember I was like damn that is fucking balling <laughs> 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 that 
that's that's definitely uh that's definitely one thing that um that uh has always been a part of us it's like in us we're very resilient like you know we've we've had things happen that could have been tour killers for a lot of other bands but we just made it happen you know you just i remember uh i remember another story like it was like right before one of the, the first brouhaha's I, I guess and like i guess your y'all's uh van got like totaled like right before you left and it was another situation <laughs> We're like you were supposed to leave in like two or three days, and you just were like, "Fuck it," and bought a new van. <laughs> oh man, it was uh, yeah, that was my fault. I hit the back of a Penske truck, um, on uh, four ninety five. We were less than an hour from home, and we were driving to uh, we were driving to like, I don't know, one of the Carolinas, I think, something like that. And we we're supposed to meet up with Pacifier, and we missed the first show. I think it was Charleston. We missed out on Charleston. And we met met up with them in Myrtle Beach the next day, and we were waiting for um, like the insurance to like let us know if it was totaled or not. They ended up totaling it, but um, we're like, we can't fucking wait. We gotta just you know. So we went and just bought a new van, you know. That we've always been good about keeping money in the bank, you know, and not yeah, not I mean, spending. you have to, yeah, you got to have that cushion in there for those types of things, and uh, yeah, dude, that is some, that is some serious uh, the show must go on shit though, <laughs> dude. Yeah, we've we had a we had a tra- our trailer go up prior to that a couple of years before that we had to drive up to um, it was uh, New Hampshire it was like a college show and the trailer like busted like two minutes from the house we got on the road and something happened like a leaf spring broke or something like that and uh, so the trailer is like just limping and we ended up finding a U-Haul it was winter time we had to find a U-Haul that didn't have to be like if if the snow's crazy and, and covered like they're not going to dig it out for you um like at the u-haul place and so yeah. we had to find a place that was like pretty much dug out and they had like one trailer left that was a decent size went and got that we were like hours late to this show that was like nine hours away and um played the show no one cared <laughs> no one paid attention <laughs> at all packed up drove back home like just that those kind of things, man. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, that's just, ugh. It's like the worst. Yeah, it's all part of the story, though. <laughs> it really is. Um, you got to be in it to win it, man. The long game is, is, if you're not in it for the long game, just get the fuck out now. Yeah, absolutely. So what's, uh? you guys got a, you guys did a live album, and I've heard some tracks, and it sounds really great. Yeah, man, that's like, uh, that's the plan for whenever, whenever we finish getting this record fit uh, mixed, to just mix up the uh, the live record and just keep feeding content to the to the little birdies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's what it's all about, man. I, I think that like it just feels like I don't want to say album albums are dead. Like I feel like there's still some value there. I feel like your big fans love a collection of songs rather than rather than a single like they'll take the single they're, they're like all about it right but they love when they yeah. have something they can dive into fuck yeah dude yeah i mean it's it's just hard like the thing i'm realizing is like you know i was always into albums like making albums but like you know the reason we ended up doing an ep with you this time was just because we that was all the time we had to like <laughs> That was like all the we we only had enough time to prepare enough material for an EP between like our tour schedules and then like finding the time to record it and 
just do all this other shit, you know what I mean? And like realistically, like I'm thinking, I'm already thinking about the next one. It's probably going to end up being an EP again because it's just like, I mean, we're, we're just like at that point right now where we can't slow down, you know, we have to just be out there like hitting it and hitting it and hitting it and trying to, you know, trying to get that growth. So it's like, when the fuck are we supposed to like find time to, you know, write an album? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's funny, like, cause our writing process is like, you know, like I write all the songs like very stripped down and then we arrange the music as a band. So it's really not that, it's not like we're getting together and like totally writing shit from scratch, but even just like that process, it requires a lot of time. You know? It does. It's um, that's a cool process though. That's a cool way to, to approach it. I usually like just write as much of the song as possible and really get it all fully thought out. You know, and like I love having a fully thought out demo that the band can just learn. You know, um, for sure. But, yeah. but you know, when I get stuck, it's like, hey, what do we do here? You know, what do you guys think? That kind of thing. But um, I'm all for like ideas and stuff. But I just I'm always doing it. So it's you know I'm always sitting here working on stuff. Yeah, I mean you got to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's you definitely it's it's a great thing. You've got the EP um pretty much in the can here working on mixes. You got this live record done. And you know, it's just like you said it's pl- it's more content and um you know, you it's always having something to plug is a good thing. New music. Yeah, I mean it's just like I do, I just love at this point. I love the the studio aspect of all this. And never it never used to be something I was into. It was kind of just like a way to press the business card to kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like give people more shit to listen. It's like, all right, we're going to record the best version of these songs, like the best like live version. But like just, you know, like working with you and just like learning more shit in general, just ha- developing my own ear where like, you know, I've got I've gotten to the point now where like I hear when I when I listen to music, like I can really like discern the different things that are happening. You know what I mean? You, you, before it was just like, oh, fuck, like that sounds really cool. But now it's like, oh, that sounds cool because... You know, like they layered the vocal like this, or you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, the more you learn, like you start paying attention to that stuff. Like, I, I, same way, like I remember not understanding why I loved it, but it just sounded great. But then when you can start deconstructing a song or a mix um, and breaking it down and understanding what they did, it's like it really it, it helps with songwriting and it helps with arrangement and it helps with the studio process because, you know, you kind of know yeah, how to achieve that. Yeah. But yeah, that said, it's just like getting back in the studio and, and just developing that skill set even more is just becoming more and more fun for me. I, I love I love being in the studio. I hate making videos. That's what I hate doing. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, being like music videos. Music videos, yeah. Um Yeah, fuck that shit. I hate doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate like getting everybody together and you gotta like you gotta have like clothes and you gotta have a haircut and like get a like just there has, you know, just this thing. I just hate it. It's just, ugh, you know, I don't like li- lip syncing or anything. I, I want to find a good animator and then just be done with it forever. Just do everything <laughs> animated. <laughs> I think it's so great. It's a great approach. Now, I like, I like it when there's like something cool happening. Like if, you know, which doesn't happen often. Like if there's a cool treatment that we get from someone, like a director or whatever, um, like and it sounds interesting, you know, if it's just the band playing, I mean, that's simple enough. I mean, we've done that plenty of times. If it's just the band performing in a room or something, but, um, you know, it's not very interesting, you know, and 
Yeah. And to pull off anything with a storyline is really I don't really know, man. Difficult. The detonate one was, was, was pretty cool. Like, I, I thought, like, just the way it was shot and, and like, the aesthetic of it, I, I liked it, you know? Like, the black and white. And... Yeah, that we try to... We try to do something to like, you know, make it more than just four dudes jamming in a room. Um, so we thought it'd be cool to put us in a circle facing each other. That was something kind of different. Um, and then like having the um, having CJ pan around us, like walk around us with that wide lens, and then sort of having that that empty sound stage, and then the lights, you know, just anything we could to like make it more than just dudes in a room. Um, so I understand what you're saying. And then the black and white just really adds something to it as well. I love that whole noir effect. Um, the, the gas station burrito video was just an idea I had of like just mounting the thing in the dash and just doing like six or seven takes, you know, and just everybody's in a different spot with each take. And, um, cause in my head, it, it helps to be like the one shooting because you know how you're going to, if, if you're the one editing, because you know what you're, what yeah. you're looking for, you know, the shots that you need. And I knew in my head that like, we're, I'm going to do fast cuts, like just it's going to be nothing but jump cuts the entire time and just uh every time something different is going to be happening you know um for sure and then we threw in the little things like the guys hitting the the crew guys hitting the jameson bottles and uh, And the fucking uh the the piano the piano cat was yeah that was a last minute thing i was like what else can i do to this video and fuck it up i mean it's the start star of the video dude everyone loved it it was stupid and hilarious I, i i laughed really hard the first time i played it back i was like this is ridiculous (laughs) um but uh yeah so you know you do little things to to try to like spice it up and make it different you know um because otherwise it's just it's just seven dudes sitting in a van lip syncing the song you know yeah dude i just i just don't i can't make myself care about music videos it's never been something like like as a kid like watching mtv and shit like you know i was i was watching it for the songs you know i didn't really give a fuck about the video you know and like at this point in my career, it's just like I, I still don't care, but it's, it's like a necessary evil. So it's just like it is what it is. I can't make myself get excited about it. Yeah, it's it it feels like work. You know, it's definitely that's one of the things that feels like work to me. I'm like, ah, not fun. Yeah, like I love the creative process, but like it's more or less like having to organize everybody, and then everybody has to be in a good mood. Yeah, that's the other thing. Well, dude, I love that. Like, also, like you know, in the same vein as, as the record, I love. Like, you, you did all that shit yourself, right? That was all yeah. self produced. Yeah, yeah, man, it's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, that's that's been the, like the whole thing is like we're just gonna do this ourselves. Like, there's no reason to outsource unless it's something that I know that we can't get done and it's not gonna look good, like or sound good. We're gonna do it ourselves. You know? Yeah, I mean, you don't want to like compromise the the integrity or the quality of what you're putting out. But I mean, if you can do the same job, you know, and I, admittedly, like I said, I don't really care about videos. So it's like, I can't comment on like how they compare to the other ones you do. But to me, like, you know, as a casual like consumer, it, it looks awesome. You know, that's great. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I think anybody that does like video videography for a living or even photography is going to watch that video and just see the awful color grading job that I did. Like just, I couldn't get, you know, we were, it, it was over a couple hours in this park and like there was shade and then there was sun and then there was like, you know, it was a different time of day by the end. And so like, I'm trying to make the shots match as best as possible, but it was just like, it's so tedious. And I just like, Oh, this looks terrible, but fuck it, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to me it was more about what was going on in the scenes, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I've, I've actually talked to Ryan about that before with like, um, in, in the, like 
in the vein of like musicians, you know, like, 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 you know, a lot of times you get like really, really talented musicians and when they play in a band, they're, they're just like soloing the whole time. Yeah. Um, and it's because they're playing for other musicians, you know, and it doesn't serve the song. So it's like, you know, what are you doing here? Are you, are you trying to make music for, for people to consume or are you trying to impress other musicians? You know what I mean? And it's kind of the, I imagine the same thing with, uh, with film, you know what I mean? You're making, you're making a video for, for your fans to consume, you know, like fuck the other videographers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, it'd be cool to impress them too, but like the important people are the, are the ones that are consuming what you're making yeah and I, I think it's possible to do both you know i mean how many how many times have, oh, you, have you seen pacifier live you're like man fuck these guys <laughs> like they're so good you know dude i, I yeah I, I saw them just this over the weekend for the first time in like two years and i was just like fucking rocking out dude they're so good they're so good um <clears throat> yeah like i think what, what uh people getting started get wrong um is that it needs to be you know, perfect right out of the gate. And to me, it's, and it's, it's eventually, it's something that you just learn. Uh, if you can start off doing this, this is great. But um, when it comes to making videos like, uh, you know, just content for YouTube, it doesn't have to be a music video, just anything. Um, making videos for YouTube or putting a song out, it, you don't have to break the budget. You don't even need a budget especially with the tools that we have now. Dude, you could, I could have filmed that video on my iPhone, you know, and mm -hmm. it wouldn't look as good as it does, but we would have gotten it done and it would have been out there. You know, it's, it's, it's all about consistency and, and just creation and just making things and getting it out there. And eventually, after your 100th upload, you're going you're gonna to know how to do it. You know, you're going to know, you're going to get better at it. Um, and it's like people, like, they wait, like, I remember one of the other reasons I didn't start the podcast right away was because once I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot, you know, but what am I going to talk about? What am I going to do? Like, it wasn't, it wasn't really, it, it was keeping me from, from doing it because I, I wanted it to be something right away. Like, with, with the YouTube channel, like, I was like, well, this should be about, you know, this should be video, like, micro videos from the podcast, like, you know, more advice to bands and things like that. Um, and it ended up being like the biggest thing I'm doing right now is the song of the day. That's, that's, that has been, that has exploded. Like when it, it you know, on, on, you know, in terms of like my own channel, not in the grand scheme, sure, it's fucking yeah, nothing yeah. right now. But like in, in this grand scheme of what it was, I had like 300 subscribers until January 1st when I started doing this. And I'm up, I'm, I'm close to 700 just in the last 30 days. Like, are you doing that? Are you doing that like the whole year, or just through January? Yeah, I've decided that I'm going to do it the rest of the year. That is insane. Yeah, I was saying to someone, I did a podcast with someone yesterday, and I was telling him, I was like, yeah, actually, like he was asking me about it, and I was like, you know, we've only got like 120 songs. Like, I, eventually, it's going to get really hard. I can like learn some songs or write some new ones or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've got to figure out how I'm going to do that, but. It's just been, it's like, it's fun to do. And um, you put it out there and people are like, just after a month are, are like expecting it. Like they, they love, they, they like, wait, they wait for it. At the end of the day, it comes around seven o'clock, seven thirty, and they watch it and they're stoked. And um, the, the growth has been insane just from doing that. And, we'll, and I've done some vlogging and I've done like the, I did a couple videos like that are podcast related, like about music advice and stuff. But they didn't get anywhere near the views that the song of the day is getting. 
Um, so it's it's really just about finding what what works, you know. But you you're not going to find it unless you start doing it. You know, you yeah, got You got to start. Just start. Just make a video, whatever it is. If you want to make a YouTube channel, make your first video. Just do it, and it'll turn into something. I went through that like whole thought process a few years ago, and I was just throwing a bunch of shit at the wall to see what stuck. And um, for a while, what I was doing was something similar. Like I was doing, the, I called them songs from the basement. I would do like little acoustic videos and put them on YouTube. I would just do it like, you know, maybe like once every few weeks or so. Um, and that that immediately was like the first thing I saw people get like really into. I was like, oh damn, there's something. This is this works. This is what people want. And then that eventually uh, turned into like how I do like the weekly live stream thing, which like has been fucking huge for us. Um, and like what I do with that is I just I go on our Facebook and I go live and I just play like three or four songs and I just talk about what I want to promote, you know, but it, it, it makes sense if you think about it. Cause like the whole reason people subscribe to our social media is cause they like the music, you know? So if you're giving them music, you know, they get what they want and you get to talk about, it. you get free marketing at the same time. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like marketing, you know, it doesn't feel like it's, it's not a pop-up ad and you're like, ah, fuck this guy. You know, it's like they're, they're there for you and they're interested in what you have to say. And yeah, and it and it humanizes you too at the same time. Yes, and and it's there's a whole psychological thing that's happening. You know, you're you're building this organic connection with them, um, and you don't even, neither party realizes it. You know, you just you're just out there doing your thing. You're doing what you do, and you're attracting people, and they're just coming they're coming at you every week. They they're interested in, in what you have to say, or you're you're singing, or whatever. And yeah, and it's just uh, it's it's a wild uh, thing that happens you know, with, between humans. Yeah. The, the point I was trying to make though, is that like, I would never have stumbled onto that if I had, like, I went through like, I probably went through like 20 or 25 ideas that like just weren't successful before I, I found those things that worked, you know, but yeah, you just got to put yourself out there and just keep trying that's shit. That's the case in point, man. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's proof that it, consistency and just, just doing things. A lot of people get hung up on, it having to be perfect or, or you know not i'm not sure just do it just get on there like uh, youtube if you want to be on instagram and youtube and you want to get something going just put a video up of, of just talking just start talking you know or uh, talk about what you know do, do something that you're into like it's it's crazy to me like it's totally possible to to create your own career be your own boss and do that thing that you love you know, we've been doing it for years, you know? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. For, with music, if you're, if you're in a band and you're starting, you're starting out, um, you can, you, you don't have to go to a big studio and pay a bunch of money. It would help if you had a friend that was an engineer that was into, that knew how to use Pro Tools or something like that, or knew how to record and would do it for free or a or hundred bucks or something. But like, um, you can take your phone and you record to GarageBand and layer it up and put it on SoundCloud and just to get something out, you know, it doesn't have to be this major production. Dude, I, I always, I always use this story in these kind of situations, but like the first, uh, so like the first two studio records that Pump and Ugly did, uh, were called Free Candy and then Ninja Reggae Assassins. And we took, we spent like, you know, like it was like any other first bands, like, or, first times in the studio where it took like fucking forever and we spent like you know we didn't spend a lot of money but like in the grand scheme of things we you know we spent like five thousand something dollars on each record probably over the course of a year yeah, that's a lot of money for you know 
fuck yeah, dude. We, we made all that money playing bar gigs, you know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> just around town. And um, we put those out. And in, in between those two records, I put out an acoustic record that I just went into a studio. Um, and for $150, I just recorded like an hour and a half of me playing songs like I was playing in a bar by myself. And I put put those records out, or put those songs out as well. And until recently, that, that acoustic album was by far the most successful release out of all that shit. Um, and it was like a fraction. It cost a fraction of, of the money to produce it. You know what I mean? But people just like, you know, like the acoustic stuff resonates with people. So it just, it, that's, that's what took off. But I mean, the point is, is like it costs fucking nothing to make that, you know? Yeah. And um, that's, that's where people get it wrong. They think they got to go to the studio and make this big record. And, and I, I was saying to this, uh, this guy last night on this, his podcast, I was, it's like if you, um, if you're in a band, right? But I don't know, you can't afford to spend the money to go in there for several hours to record a few songs with the full band. Do it acoustic, you and your guitar player, or if you're the guitar player and you're singing, just just do it. Put put a couple, record a couple songs with your phone, you know, or GarageBand or something, something that's free, and then just sign up with uh, with TuneCore or CD Baby Pro or, or PRO or like. Uh, you know something like that, and and just put it out there, man. Get it on Spotify, put it on SoundCloud. Like it's so easy these days, and eventually it, that's how you get people hooked. And then eventually you figure it out, and things just start getting better and better and better. You know? Yeah. Yep. Trial and error, man. It's the whole thing. Trial and error. Yeah. Just got you. Got to keep hammering. Yeah. Um. So uh, when does this tour start? Fuck, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know. <laughs> Check the website. I, 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 start, I start touring again, and I know, I know we start back up like next week. Um, I think that leg is, I think it's most of April. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, it's yeah, it's like the second week of April where we, we start the journey west. Nice, but um, I mean, we're we're hitting it pretty heavy until then. We're doing um, we're doing a whole bunch of shit in Virginia next weekend. Uh, we're doing the Midwest with Badfish for like two weeks after that, then just doing a bunch of stuff along the East Coast throughout March. But yeah, man, I'm stoked to get back to California. I feel like, you know, we had a hard time like like going out there at first. It just wasn't it wasn't hitting, you know? Like and it's weird because I like like playing this genre of music. I just assumed we would go out there and it would be like fucking the Garden of Eden. You know, like everyone would just be like, oh my God, <laughs> fucking playing friggin' rock. This is incredible. But like, <laughs> but no, it's just like super saturated and you're just like another, another fish in the pond, you know? But like, it's, it's definitely getting to the point out there where people, people like, you know, we have, we have a, a familiar name. So I'm just excited to go out there and keep growing that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's gonna, you guys will, you guys will build a fan base out there. It's um, people love music out there for sure. We've we've had some really great shows in California, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. That, that I mean the the uh, shit the summer tour we just did was awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, we had like nine sold out shows, dude. Like yeah, that was that was a third of the tour. Dude, that was one of the most fun tours I've ever been on, man. It was just like good group of people, fucking good shows, like good crowd energy you know it was it was a, there's no sleepers you know yeah it was a lot of fun man there was 
I can't really think of a show that was like all that weird, you know, there, there, you know, you go out on a tour and there's a, there's always a couple shows that just stick out as like, ah, that wasn't as good or something weird about that night or crowd had zero energy or whatever. Like, um, but that one was just, I felt like every night was slamming, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Crowd was hype as fuck yeah. the whole time. Yeah, it was, it was Ballyhoo, Bumpin' Uglies and Tropidelic. What, that was a good show. Yeah. What's, um, what's up? What's next with you guys? Like anything you could talk about? Uh, <clears throat> we're doing something on March 1st that I can't talk about yet, but I will right. in a few days. I'm going <laughs> to, a few days I'm going to say something, but, um, so that's interesting. And then, uh, yeah, we're going out next weekend. We'll be at one love long beach. Oh, nice, man. Yeah. Oh, that's what, oh yeah. And then, and then you're hopping right into winter blackout, right? Yeah. We, we got a few days off. We're going to hit the studio. We're going to, uh, I called up, uh, Yassad from pepper and I was like, yo, is your studio available? <laughs> you know? And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah. So we're going to go to their, their place, Kona, Kona Town Recording. And uh, I don't know. We're going to record some songs and see what happens. I mean, I don't know what we're going to do with it. I just want to have songs, you know, done. And, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. Dude. And then we start the tour with uh, Expendables and Cashed Out. And that's about, I don't know, that's, that's uh, what is that? About five weeks or six weeks. Um, yeah. So that'll be fun. That'll be a, that'll be a party tour, man. <laughs> that'll be another party pack. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a great night. The, the the ticket sales are already doing really well. Like right out of the gate, they went on sale like I don't know a couple months ago. I'm like, they, they they've been selling really well. I think Pueblo sold out like immediately. <laughs> it's, it's that's, that one's at Smitty's, right? Yeah, yeah. Just, man, we haven't played there in years. That's gonna be a shit show. Yeah, it's gonna get fucking crazy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're excited. We haven't, um, uh, seen Expendables guys in a long time. Uh, Jeff, Jeff came out, um, to our show in Santa Cruz last time we were out there, uh, and kicked it for a bit. So it was cool to say what's up to him. And, but yeah, it'll be nice to, to see those guys. And, um, we're working on, we're working out the Brodeo, like what, what we're going to do and everything for the end of the night. I think nice. Donald's going to play drums on one of their songs or something. It's going to be fun. Hell yeah. yeah, man! What's the um? So you got the songs written for the for the session, right? Uh, almost. Yeah, it's. I've got I've got like two that I'm pretty solid on. Um. Uh, Ted Ted's gonna sing on one of these songs, which nice. is cool. Um, we haven't had him on a song yet, and um, uh, and then I don't know. It's kind of like it's it's weird like. When we put out Detonate, I guess, um, you know, it came out the way it came out. It's it's a pretty much like a punk rock record, and with some ska and stuff. And um, th- that doesn't mean that we're done with reggae or anything. It was just it was just the way it came out, you know. Yeah. And uh, I'm always exploring sounds, and and if I hear something comes to my head and it's reggae or it's punk or it's ska or it's just acoustic or something or it has something that has like a beat with production on it i'm not going to deny it you know it's just it to me that's how it's supposed to sound and uh i just do it and we'll figure it out there's definitely like and this one runs the gamut i mean it's got all the sounds there's a couple like dirty like reggae songs kind of weird dark reggae songs and then there's like some ska punk and um there's an acoustic one you know it's just I don't know. I don't know what the hell it's going to be, but but 
maybe we'll put out a single in the summer or something. I, I don't know. It, it'll be um, interesting to see what happens. Fuck yeah, man. Stoked to hear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait to get in. I, I love working. I, lo- I love, like I said, I love making things. I love working in the studio, and it's just fun for me. I was uh, I was scared for a minute because uh, I wasn't really, like, writing that much. Um, and I just started writing again, and I just, all, like, everything I was coming up with was about, like, like being a dad and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cool. I feel like it's cool for, like, one or two songs, but I don't want to turn into a dad rock band. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's awesome. But I finally, I finally started having some other ideas for, like, hooks and shit. So, like, I, w- I was really scared, though. I was like, I don't know if you get like that. I was like, oh, shit, like, the well is run dry. <laughs> oh, my God, all the time, dude. I didn't, I didn't write for, like, eight months after my dad died. It was, like, this weird thing. I was like, I didn't even think about writing. It was just, I didn't yeah. do it, you know? And then I finally did, and I was like, oh, God, finally, thank you, thank you. We can all eat again. Yeah. Well, for me, it's like... I'm I'm constantly torn between like so like one of the things that like really like gets me going as a writer is like I want my shit to be relatable. Yeah. You yeah. know? Even if even if it's not something like personally like lived through, if it's something that like I I see and it like resonates with me as a human, you know what I mean? And I can kinda like I feel like I'm a I'm an um emphatic person. I don't know if I'm using that word correctly, but I, I empathize with people pretty well, you know? So like if I see something that I'm like, damn, that's like got to be crazy, you know, that'll that'll be like like fodder for me as a songwriter, yeah. you know what I mean? I think it's empathic, em- empathic, empathic, yeah. yeah. Em- em- you're an empath, yeah. So like the idea of like like <laughs> like just writing songs about being a new dad was like terrifying to me. It's like fuck, like so many people won't get that. Like it's like such a small <laughs> demographic. Like you know what I mean? It, it'd be like cathartic for me is like a, like where I'm at. Like I don't want to fucking just write dad's <laughs> no i think I, th- no i know where your head's at like um i think it's it's a uh, it doesn't always have to be about you <clears throat> and yeah you're you get backed up and things just come at you like when things happen in your life especially a life event like having a child like yeah you're gonna write about things and you're gonna you know that of course and then you just pick and choose w- which songs you think will be best on the next record and you put them out there you know but like you know, it's not like you have to release all 10 <laughs> dad songs, <laughs> like, you know, um, bump and ugly. Yeah. Dad rock. Name yeah. The album, yeah. <laughs> Indeedly doodly. <laughs> that would be fucking awesome. Dude. Now I want to do like a regular Flanders. Album. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it doesn't always have to be about you. Like, I think that like just the, the underlying, um, emotions that you felt for a situation is what is the is the real connection like it's it's not so much the like an actual situation you know so much as it's the way it made you feel because like i hope i'm explaining this right like the way it made you feel a lot of other people are going to feel that way you know if if you you know how many times have have you watched on the news and you see you know, some awful news. And you're like, oh my God, that's fucking terrible. You know, and, and how many of the people have felt that you could write about that, you know, and yeah. people would feel that way, you know? So don't like, don't get distraught with like the, the things you're writing about as much. You know, I've been, I've heard in the past, like, Pelly who's got, they write a bunch of love songs. Yeah. 
Yeah, fuck you. I write a lot of love songs, okay? I was a hopeless romantic. No chick wanted to go out with me in fucking high school. I have issues with it, okay? Still. So you're yeah. going to fucking deal with it. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, so it was, um, you know, it's just, it is what it is, man. You write, write what comes to you. Don't ever deny anything because there, there, there's going to be that time where you, you're like, you have nothing to write about, you know? And it's just frustrating. Yeah, for sure. I've been there so many times. Writer's block is a real thing. <laughs> yeah, it's funny as shit. Dude, actually, the, the whole, like, um, just, like, the Callisto project has been really cool for that, for me, for just, like, pushing myself as a songwriter. You know what I mean? It's an exercise. Yeah, because it's, like, usually I, I, like, I write when I have an idea. But for this, it's like I've never like been one to like sit down and be like, okay, I'm gonna write. Let's write a fucking song. <laughs> and like <laughs> with this, it's like it's exactly that. Like 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 I'm getting the um like that that track I just sent you the, the vocals for. Like you know, I I just sat down with that music. Like James sent me the music, and I was like, all right, let's fucking turn on the lyrics. <laughs> and like it ended up like yeah, it ended up being like pretty cool. Like I, I'm stoked with what I was writing. You know? Yeah, it's uh it's interesting. Like when you write uh, for someone else. Um, like there's a sort of like liberating feeling like you're not bound to exactly to, to do what you're known for. Um, and you can really sort of stretch out a little bit and, and it doesn't really matter what it's about. Like, um, vocally, like I did, you know, doing this stuff with, uh, Callisto and then working with uh, with Wes Anderson, he's done. A, I've done a couple songs with him now, and uh, singing on your stuff. And I just did something with Trop, like that. It, it's like liberating, and, and I don't know. It, I give. I tr I use those moments to like really try to experiment with my voice too. You know, like use yeah, it as man. an instrument and see what else I can do with it. It's, it's yeah. It's 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 a really fun thing. You know. Yeah, I, I I'm enjoying it for sure. Yeah. Um, well, shit, man. We've been talking like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's good conversation. Good conversation. Man. Um, yeah, sweet. Uh, well, I guess. Um, when when is all this stuff coming out? Like, when are you? Well, we just we just signed a a deal for the EP. Um, that I think we'll be announcing in the next week or two. I'm just waiting on the timetable, you know. Oh, right on. But um, I'm hoping like the plan is to have like a few singles out for the, the new EP in the beginning of March or like mid-March or something, you know, we want to have it to like promote on the tour. And then um, we have like a big DC show that we're doing in mid-May and I want to have that be the EP release party as the goal, like the hometown kind of EP release joint. So Killer. it'll be sometime between now and like May 12th, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. And then the live album, yeah, I guess the live album will be like, you know, towards the end of the year, after the album cycle kind of concludes. That's great. I could see like a live album be good, for, like like a good fall release. Fuck yeah, dude! Yeah, that'd be rad. Um, <clears throat> sweet man. Well, um, I gotta go do some other stuff. Yeah, man. Good talk. Uh, be <laughs> safe out there, and uh, you know, go fuck. Yeah, yourself. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good talking to you, man. Um, yeah, I appreciate you calling in and all that you're the first uh first second timer cool man everybody, I, I guess my, my everybody clap my shirt's in the mail right you, you know yeah you got the t-shirts in the mail 
Say yay, Brandon. Yay, Brandon. Tell <laughs> uh, so Halo I said hi. Brandon says hi, everybody. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Oh, is that Draven, too? Yeah. Yep. Oh, he says, I hope he's working on his, his blast beats. He's working on blast beats. This kid is killing it on the drums, dude. <laughs> Sounds awesome. And she's she's starting to play, too, now. Oh man, that's awesome! Yeah, it's, I'm I'm forming a band. I'm gonna be like Joe Jackson. Yeah, you guys are gonna be like the Partridge yeah. Family. Actually, is what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just not gonna beat them. <laughs> as long as they get it right. Yeah, just get it right, and I won't smack you around. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We'll have a good tour, and I'll, I'll talk to you when I talk. Yeah, for sure, man. Have a, have a wonderful day, and uh, kiss that little baby for me. Yeah, man. All right, man. Late. Ah, oh, we're a bunch of silly bitches, aren't we? Yeah, he's a good dude, man. He's a good dude. Um, great songwriter, great voice, and uh, happy he's got the new little boy, the little family. Um, Sophia, you rocked it. Good job. And uh, yeah, look out for their stuff. It's coming out this year over the course of the year. Um, and I'll be looking to pick up some more uh, some more bands to work with after this is all done. I've got some other things to sew up over the next uh, few weeks, but um, yeah, sometime in the in the spring, I'll be spring and summer. I'll be looking to work with some other bands. So if you're interested, hit me up. Uh, follow me on the Instagram at Howie Spangler, Twitter at Howie Spangler, YouTube Howie Spangler. Uh, please subscribe to to the to the YouTube channel ring the bell putting up a song every day in 2019 um tell your friends share the link much appreciated uh now i gotta go help danielle bring in the groceries sweet all right uh love you all take it easy have a wonderful day